Somebody get a doctor. I need a shot of medicine, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bad Medicine Podcast, episode number 12. That's right, one, two. Today's guest, they have a heart of a lion, they can bite like a bear, and they both have a speed of a cheetah. The first guest and part owner of ACW, Josh Weimer, and none other than the former WWE superstar, 10-year-plus veteran in that arena and still kicking it on the indie scene, ladies and gentlemen, Swaggle. I don't, I don't, I don't know what any of that meant. There was, there was no, there's no cheetahs or biting involved. In Have you case. seen Dylan run? I don't run very fast. Have you seen a penguin run? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh that's that is actually spot looks like on. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's my my people. That's how they run. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, gents, for joining us today. Yes, thank you. I know you guys have had a busy schedule these last couple of weeks, so we appreciate the time. It's yeah. It's uh. It's gonna get. It's gonna. It's. It was a busy week, and now all the focus is on April twenty seventh. It was nice to get that out of the way, and nice to uh, be able to focus now on the task at hand. So I'm just gonna kind of dive into a uh, a big question here that's kind of been on a topic, and go figure. John Oliver would pick WrestleMania week to. Go ahead and do that bit, but you were a guy who's been in WWE just a little over ten years. Uh, what is your thoughts on what he said about you know independent contractors, uh, potential unions, all that kind of stuff? What what what's your thoughts since you've been there? I mean, there's he didn't say many wrong things. He hit a lot of nails on the head, but also what these guys don't realize is they're giving people their dream job. For you know, for for the re- for these guys want to go there. There's no other place these days. I don't care what anyone says. There's no other spot these days. And for 20 years now, or 10, 20 years, there's been no other spot. So to go to WWE to make it there and to have them give you a living, I I don't you can't you can't complain about that too much. In all reality, no, and that was kind of my thought too when. I- I watched uh, the clip was that, you know, first off, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about because if you're not in there behind the curtain, I don't care how many people in Hollywood you got giving you info. You don't fucking know you're not there. And second off, like you touched on the lines a mile long of people waiting to get one spot. So if you won't do it, the next 999 guys will. So, I mean, I think you need to look at it that way. And I don't know, just the, the general ignorance of it kind of irritates me a little bit when it would be like if I was talking about how I to make a Hollywood movie. You know? Uh, I don't, you know, I don't feel it was ignorance because he brought up a lot of very intelligent points about the unions and about the independent contracting, which I, you know, a lot of people fully agree with. But bottom line, everyone in this business wants to get there. It's that's that's what that's what needs to matter the most. And uh, once you try to put anything ahead of that, once you, you know, whatever you deal with after that is what you deal with after that while you're there. It's all about getting there. It's all about living your dream and, and 
everyone in this business wants to get there. So that's that's the issue I had. It was never a well. You have all these other options. You know, you don't need to be. There. No, there are no other options. I'm sorry, right. there aren't. There aren't. And uh, that's that's kind of what I my take from it. He brought up a lot of awesome points and of a, a lot of very intelligent points, but in the end, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. So now that we got the, uh, the that business question all the way, Josh, you're sitting there. How long have you guys uh, been friends? Because I, I I honestly don't know that. I, I should know that, but I don't. He's going to flip the chicken, folks. Flip the chicken. Um, that he goes through the good. job to the chicken. <laughs> the chicken. Uh, I met Dylan in 2005. Straight out of high school, we worked at Target together. Um, that's when I found out that he was a wrestler. Right a name drop. That was so cool. Oh, yeah, Target. Target soon be a sponsor of the Bad Medicine podcast. <laughs> that is the dream first job. Like it was, it was the best. I met so many friends that I still have relationships with now from Target. It was awesome. Um, 2005, he was a wrestler up in Green Bay at the time, and I thought that was the coolest thing. I was a huge wrestling fan since I was six, so I got to go to my first indie show back in 2005 with this guy, and we haven't turned back since then. Look at that. So what the folks was, don't uh, see is Andrew's was, holding up a pick. That was 2004. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that was, that was uh, <clears throat> yeah, 2004. That is what he was doing. That same gimmick is what he was working on when I started watching him back in 2004, 2005 with, with Shane and Cash. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm annoyed because you, your phone started vibrating, and we clearly said before the podcast to silence your cell phone. Oh, you thought it was. Goddamn IT guys. Oh, a couple of real pros over here. <laughs> so then, in this process, how long have you guys been uh, running ACW now? Has it been about two years? No, we're uh, we just passed five. Just passed. 2013, he got this dumb idea to to start this. I was off the road. I was off the road. Uh, one of my one of my couple ventures where I was off the road for a bit, and I texted him and Bender Colucci. I texted him. I said, "Hey guys, let's run a show." And they both go, "Nope." <laughs> and I go, uh, "Yeah, let's run a show. Screw it." And so we ran one, and it was 125 people for our first show, which a lot of companies around the area would would beg for. Uh, no names, no nothing. And I said, all right. The next day, that Saturday morning, I said, hey, guys, let's run another show. And they go, nope. <laughs> we scheduled another one. And uh, <clears throat> just over five years later, still going and having fun. Now we're running NBA G League arenas. So I think we've done something right. And could you uh, maybe speak to a little bit on how the promotion has evolved from where you started to where you are now? Um, different people are involved. Is the, you know, like you said, is attendance uh, obviously improving? What are some of the challenges you may have had? I think I think the biggest thing for us is uh, it's almost like this cult following in Oshkosh, where it started as this, this 125 people, and then they told a couple friends, and they told a couple other friends, and uh, Weimer can hit on this. What happened when the you know arena put a Facebook post out there? What do you want to see? But getting before that point, even we were we were doing 300, 350 
before our first year ended. And it's it's crazy, just it's word of mouth um, between our sponsors and between our roster selling tickets and killing it. And it's just, it's been awesome. And then the arena opened up and you know, I, I think our roster selling tickets is the biggest thing for us. Um, flipping the chicken again. Flipping the chicken. Um, <laughs> um, we, we give an incentive out. to our roster. You know, if you sell a ticket to our show, you get two bucks. It takes two bucks out of our pocket. But we didn't do this to start making money. Sure. I think that's where a lot of wrestling companies are going. They're in it to make money. And you're not going to as an independent wrestling company in Wisconsin. No, we that are, seems to be real short-sighted to think that way. It, yes. Yes. And we, we didn't want to make money. We were doing it because we love this business. Yeah, because, love- I mean... Yeah, you you might be able to make money in the short run. Like, say you have a really good show, and then maybe they bring you back two or three times, and maybe you're bringing in guys who maybe you don't even have to pay. I mean, there are guys out there who will work for free, and it's just like your quality of your show can go down, and like I said, that's only going to last so long, and then the uh, people that own the building be like, well, okay, that's enough of that. We've kind of seen it go downhill. But uh, but yeah, like you said, to uh, to keep, to keep staying in it, and to not having the financial reason being your goal and just putting on a good show and being, you know, obviously uh, huge fans yourselves makes all the difference in the world. And like you said, with getting those guys that are maybe free, maybe it's then they put on bad matches and then you get a negative word of mouth. So then that could also hinder your growth as a whole as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely reflects bad. But I mean, we went through, what, three buildings? Because our first building that we ran our very first show burned down. Second. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, we uh, literally burned down. That the show was on fire. Oh yeah, the week yeah. of our, the week of our show, it they had a fire there, and then it, we were like, okay, scrambling. So we went to our other building and just did awesome. Then we, uh, I started again out of a dumb idea because I was home. A couple of years later, I I texted these guys. I said, hey, let's start a training school. Again, I got the nope. Okay. Well, whole barn in Fond du Lac. That was real bad in the winters, obviously. And then so we went, we found this uh, nice warehouse building. That, again, before our second year anniversary, the Sunday before our second year anniversary, guy uh, committed arson in the warehouse next to it. We lost everything. We lost our ring. We lost all of our supplies, everything. He literally went cane. No, it was not. <laughs> Shut up, man. But he went in and he increased his insurance by like $25,000. And then all of a sudden, yeah. So mm. we lost that. We lost the ring. We lost literally everything. So we had to scramble. We borrowed Shane Hill's ring for the day. Like, what yeah. else can go wrong with fires with our, with our yeah. facility? It was uh, every, every, we've, there's been a lot of hurdles, but somehow it's been like, okay, this, this isn't going to stop us. Like, there's been no hurdle to stop us, knock on wood, and there, there's there's nothing that can, in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, and if you've gone through all that already, I mean, I, again, <laughs> knock on wood, but what else could really happen? You know, I mean, how many guys deal with even one fire in their lives? I mean, exactly. uh, let alone a, maybe a brush pile getting out of control <laughs> in your yard is about it, you know, but to go through something like that's pretty incredible. So I'm sure you guys won't have any issues tackling uh, whatever might come up next. It's, uh, we have a, we have a good, a good crew between him and I and Bender and uh, Gust, Nathan Gust, who's, 
who was always our backbone of when we uh, were all kind of frantic, he just goes, ah, screw it, we'll be fine. And Colucci just, because <laughs> Colucci just, Bender just gets pissed off about everything. I get frustrated, and he's just the nice one. Gus just is laid back, ah, let's just deal with it, whatever. We'll, well that's good. You need, you need a guy like that in your group that, no matter how bad it gets, is Hell looking yeah. on the positive side and keeping their keeping their view forward it's, instead of uh, looking in the rear view mirror. There's been, there's like specific, specific things that each guy kind of tackle, and it works out really well that way because some guys aren't great at other jobs, and so we have plenty of help, you know, with someone else to do them. So it's a very good team right now. we got a good thing going. They aren't going to come to Josh Weimer and say, Josh, can you uh... – can you sit down and book this show strategically? Because I can't do that. I've never been in the ring. I didn't train for that kind of stuff. I'm sure I you could. Every, I learn every week. I learn so much every week from these guys. It's a great group to learn from. But that's not me. I can't, I can't book a show. I can't book talent. That's over my head. And Bender and I really hate dealing with sponsors. <laughs> <I hate it. laughs> because I just get, it's like, oh, give me, I don't like saying, hey, give me your money. Weimer's really good about saying, hey, give us your money. You're going to get something out of yeah, giving hey, us some money. You give yeah. us, here's these tickets. You'll get your name out there in front of 2,000 people. But can we have some money? I and love it. Yeah. I completely feel you on the, the sponsorship thing because I ran one show back home and I went to, every, I, you know, the small town thing. Everyone knows everyone. So as I'm going around, it's like, oh, hey, Dave. I'm like, yeah, you know, I got this thing going on. Here's the packages. They're like, oh, you know what? Gosh, we don't have the money. I'm like. Oh, yeah, it's here. always it's always had something come up this yeah. month. Had Every something year. come up this month? All the time. Maybe next time, though. Sweet. Yeah, next time, hey. kid. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with me with Chilton, but it was it was for a totally good benefit, so a lot of them did actually come through. But it that is like you that give was them the first show, right? Yeah. Well, both shows actually went fairly smooth, but yeah, that is just weird. Just asking for money like these people knew me my whole life in my hometown, and you want money for what and the who not where now? And I uh, I went for you knock out, you know not to toot our horn, but toot toot. There's <laughs> After you run a run a run an arena with twenty five hundred people, it's a little easier. It's a lot easier. And this people year. people want to come on board a little bit, yeah. but they also half of them want to come on board just to see the show. Yeah, which is fine. But you're... yeah, that's why I said the second time I ran the show, it was so much easier to get sponsors. They knew what to expect yeah. and loved every minute of it. And just a quick bounce back to your uh, the arena. Did you find it easier? When you guys had the arena, and then people noticed that, oh, they have this. Yes, now I'm on. Is that kind of part of it, or? It, it, you know, we were in our first wrestling con in 2017 in uh, at at the the fairgrounds, and we did great. We had 1,800 people there, and it was unreal. But then, so we made some noise, but then this arena opened up, and we got in there, and people are like. It was it was amazing how much I think because it was the first year that it opened, so people also wanted to just check out this arena. And what you know, screw it, I'm going to go to wrestling at the arena for the first time. Awesome. And obviously, we gained some buzz because WWE immediately asked them after we did. I get a message from Dreamer 
while the show is going on with a picture of the uh, of the house that night. He goes, this your show? I go, yeah. He goes, two things. Nice job, but why am I not booked? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was that and like Hawkins and Hawkins and Dolph and Kofi and all them messaged me and just the, literally the same picture and said, absolutely unreal, man. Like this is... It, we beat SmackDown at the Rush Center. It, it's crazy. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, we are the, yeah. the, highest gro- the highest drawing independent wrestling show in the state. Well, good so, for you, man. That's pretty that's cool. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, oh, sorry. But, you know, the big thing with you guys having the arena, um, you know, because I've seen it a hundred times. How many, how many times have you been – You've been in wrestling, you go to a show, you show up to where it's supposed to be, and there's not even a sign outside promoting it. Like, you, you know, you wouldn't even know if you drove by and saw it. So, that's, again, that's got to be just a huge bonus. That's the cool thing, too, with our cult following is they follow us, man. They'll go to from, you know, our normal Masonic Center in Oshkosh to random shows in Fond du Lac to Tanner's and Kimberly, where we are, like, Tanner's – our first couple shows was pretty low, like 150, 175, which again, I say low, but a lot of companies would beg for that. It's so, but then we have, now it's, I had a show, I said to him, I said to him and Bender, I said, man, this is going to suck. I know it. It was like, we had 315 that show. This is, and it's just literally this crazy following. And I don't know how it started besides word of mouth and people just saying, Hey man, that was really fun. You should go with us next time. Um, but it's, uh, I always say we're doing literally probably the most said phrase in our group is we're doing something right. Oh, absolutely. So nice. Well, kind of wanted to transition here now, you know, speaking of, you know, obviously when you're busy when you're at home and, and things like that, um, I guess we'll kind of take a step back here when you were out on the road, like what were some of the things, you know, that you'd like to do in your downtime? Cause we've spoken to a couple of other guys and, you know, it's obviously a lot of, a lot of hotels and airports and things like that. Um, you know, for you, when you had a little bit of time in between, you know, shows and having to be at the venue, what would you do? Uh, in my early years, I would go out quite a bit, a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, in my, <laughs> no. last couple, my last couple of years, after my son was born and when I was traveling to Kofi and Hawkins, we would literally just go to the hotel and we would watch Hawkins and I, and Kofi would, we'd throw wrestling on and I would bring PWG shows on the road with me and we'd watch those. And it's just, that's what I did. I'm a wrestling fan and I would bring them, I would bring PWG and CZW DVDs on the road with me on overseas tours. That was my relax. Like I don't, it was never a, I was a drinker overseas on the buses because I knew I was getting to my place safely and I didn't have to worry about that. And well, and being from Wisconsin, I mean, well, come on. You have to be. But, yeah, uh, it's, but it's, it's on your it's, license. That was it. I, there's, there's nothing. There, there wasn't. I don't have many crazy stories that I could share in a public matter. No. Uh, but it's, it's. Okay. So, okay. So off the record. Yeah. Off the record, I never trust when there's a microphone. <laughs> that a so, boy. You know, I don't see if the mic. I don't even. I don't care if the microphone's off. There's a microphone or a cell phone there. <laughs> but it's. It was just a lot of. A lot of. Uh, I mean, like I said, in my early days, it was a lot of. 
I had my fun, and after that, it was it was a lot of just being a dad, and that's it. Yeah, I just kind of realized you can't uh, burn that candle at both ends for you know for too long. I still do. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, as far as like you know, drinking and partying is, is you know, you, you kind of grow oh, out of it. I, I still think. do. Oh, yeah, there? yeah. The candle is real, real small these days. What the folks can't see is Josh not is nodding his head like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, uh, he's gonna give himself whiplash from. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I was just trying to give you candle. Out. Candle is the candle is gonna go out one of these one of these years, and whew, I hate to see the darkness, man. <laughs> but it's uh. I don't know. I just, I, I, now life, you know, the indie life is so much more relaxing and it's, I can be home. I can be home when I want. I can be gone when I want. Well, I guess that kind of answers another question we had about, you know, any possible interest of, of going back full time. That was something that we had, you know, a question about. Yeah. Thing is, if you say no to that, you're a liar. You're a blatant liar. I don't care who you are. That's the, like I said in the beginning, that's the number one spot, man. No one, <sighs> no, I'm not, I'm going to try not to take a pot shot, but you don't, you, you don't, don't have to name names. You, no, no. You don't become a professional wrestler and not say, I want to make it to WWE. And that's, that, that's the thing. I don't, I don't, I, when I was 17 in 2003, I don't, I didn't start training with Shane and Cash and Ken to say, man, Horse Cave, Kentucky sounds really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds the greatest. But yet, now Horse Cave, Kentucky is amazing, and it's one of like it was one of my favorite memories in the last three years on the Independence. Well, well, yeah, because like you know, you didn't have dreams of going to North Dakota for big shows, and you know, for the. 10-hour car ride to get 20 bucks not to make it to that next level where you are driving overnight to get to another arena to, you know, be able to put on a show in front of, you know, thousands of people. That's the crazy thing is is with WWE, the hardest part is the travel. It's not the in-ring. It's not the – it's the between shows. Um, the between shows is literally the hardest part. And even that is pretty darn awesome. Like – but this is, uh, I'm flying, like, there's hardly, hardly there's a weekend where I'm, fly, I'm driving from Friday to Saturday. It's Friday, do the show, fly to the next show, and then fly to the next show, and then fly home. It's awesome. So, I guess one of the questions I have, kind of keeping that in that realm, what was the, what's the difference that you have been seeing now uh, between a WWE schedule and now in uh, an indie schedule, because you're still really busy on the indie scene. I can make it if I want to be home for my kids' football game or a birthday party or anything. Just a weekend off. Our shows. Our, yeah, our shows. <laughs> yeah. So basically now you're your own boss, which is great. <clears throat> oh, it's the greatest thing ever. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse, obviously, because it's a grind now. Now I have to tweet, hey, I have these dates open. Someone you want to book me? And it, if I have a free weekend, it's there's no money coming in that weekend. Mm-hmm. Unlike WWE, where you're a downside. You know, if you're working, you're working, and if you're not, you're not. You're still on a downside, and they're they're the ones booking you and getting you to the towns and all that. But it's uh, I love it, man. I, I obviously I would go back. I couldn't answer my phone fast enough. 
but <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot more relaxing. So how does how does uh, the process go then uh, with a like a one off like you did kind of like in Saudi? Do they just call you up out of the blue? I mean, when they call me when they need to sell out stadiums, no big deal. <laughs> oh, exactly uh, that. Dude. <laughs> I mean, they go to. Hey, Saudi. by the way, you came out to one of the biggest pops, so. Uh, shocking. Hmm. He didn't even yeah. tell me. He didn't even tell his friends that he was booked. I didn't tell. I told my son. Uh, knew I was going on the road. He didn't know what was happening. It's uh, yeah, like it's it's one of those. So I found out about um, Greatest Royal Rumble. I found about out about the week before WrestleCon last year, and I literally no one knew. I no one, and because I I don't like to. I don't want to get my hopes up and anyone else's. Like, I know how the place works. Stuff gets canceled five minutes before it's supposed to go on the air. So I, I'm not going to get my hopes up for that. Um, but, yeah, they literally call me and, hey, you want to do this? Royal Rumble this year for the girls' match. I, uh, I said, yeah, I'll do it. But I have shows Friday and Saturday. And they didn't really know how to take that. I said, I'm not canceling. Fly, okay, fly me in Sunday morning. I landed at 11.15 a.m. I flew out at 11.30 p.m. I was literally there just over 12 hours. It was the greatest. <laughs> I was uh, the, Saudi, the Saudi one. I was, it was 26 hours of travel. I was there in Saudi for 22 hours. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, it's just fun. Like, it's... It's good to – I've never buried them. I've never buried any – I've never buried the company, I should say. I've never buried <laughs> the company, uh, and I don't. I shouldn't. There's no reason for me to because they gave a guy who shouldn't have made it two weeks under 10 years of pretty awesome things. Well, speaking of awesome things uh... – <laughs> he knows was waiting I, for it. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for this one. So, uh, Dylan's face. Uh, <laughs> no, I, a guy who really started to win me over towards the end of his career with his promos. <laughs> what was it like having your match with uh, with Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner? <laughs> <laughs> He's getting all nervous, like, oh, it's just well, Steiner. I, I had a feeling we were going there, but <laughs> the uh, he's going to flip the chicken. If I flip the chicken, I need to piss. Um. <clears throat> There. Don't Jeez. let it grab the ropes. Uh, so, Big Papa Pump isn't. I was telling a couple guys this. It was the most talked about independent match of the year of this year, like of, this, of WrestleMania week this year, which is crazy. I pitched it to John Thorne with AIW in Cleveland. I want. I said, I need. Bu- I want Buzz. This is going to be the Buzz match of the week. I know it. And he goes, Yeah, you think so? And it ended up being the number one talked about match of all week. Um, Scotty isn't around much. And so he doesn't know that I wrestle and doesn't know that I can't wrestle. Uh, I got a super kick to the knee, a super kick to the face. <laughs> I cross body off the middle and a running ass. That was the extent of a 15 minute match of what I got in. He beat the sh- crap out of me. That's okay. You can say shit. I'm, uh, I've like randomly said, oh, I'm going to cut down my cussing because I had dropped a lot of Fs for a while, especially in interviews. 
And then I, uh, I just had my, my book is coming out later this year. And we edited so many. I, I think we edited 300 Fs out of it. Nice. <laughs> and there's still a lot in there. So Trying to get it from an R to a PG, and it's not quite working out yet. That's my thought is, I, you know, if, if Landon, my son, takes it to school for a book report, <laughs> it it's, it's might be kind of, kind of, kind of brutal. But uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, is there any chance you can do a quick plug on your book there? Uh, at the end, I'll do it. Okay. Beautiful. At the end. But it's um, Scotty. It was you know, it was, it was still awesome. That was the hardest week of my literally of my wrestling life. I had uh, a street fight with Dan Moff Wednesday. I had two matches on Thursday, including Scotty. I had two matches on Friday, including Nick Gage. Saturday and Friday at a signing. Saturday at a signing for six hours, and then I had the Joey Janela show where I proceeded to randomly take tattoo needles to the face. Yeah. I was like, hey, I got it. this is my last show. I'm going to go out with a bang. Uh, might as well do this. Like, <laughs> but it made for What's really the worst that could go wrong? Uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those. Like, yeah, <laughs> hepatitis? <laughs> I saw him come out of the package. I saw him. Out oh, okay. okay. Um, it, was, it was just one of those things where, it was G. Raver and Ethan Page. Uh, Ethan Page is turned into a buddy, and G. Raver goes, you want to take needles to the face? I go, no. <laughs> and Ethan Page goes, good idea. G. Raver goes, ah, damn. I said, screw it. Let's do it. And, he, and Page goes, why are you doing this? I said, it's my last show. I've tried to create buzz this week. That's all it's been about. And uh, there's a photo of eight tattoo needles sticking out of my forehead. I was like, oh, my son would be so proud. Your son is king. <laughs> yeah. That's my dad. I, right now. <laughs> it's really, really funny. So, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, again, it made some buzz. And wrestling, so I tell our students, wrestling is all about GIFs these days. That's how guys get booked. Um, GIFs and Twitter. There's nothing else. And I made a pretty cool GIF. So I was like, ah, oh, this might, I might add like a dick this year because of, Taking needles to the face, and that's where I kind of advice for somebody who wants to get into the hardcore wrestling. <laughs> I always said, I you know the funny thing is, I always said I, I would never do skewers, and like G Raver goes, no, these are so much easier. And I asked like a couple of the other like deathmatch guys on the show, and they go, you'll feel nothing, and it was the easiest thing ever. So what were you saying? Well, nothing as you get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, I can attest. Like I've been to six WrestleManias with this guy. And his schedule was stupid. Like, we never saw him. We would stay in the same room as him, and we would never see him. Because it was access at this time. It was Hall of Fame at this time, access here, here, and here. And then you have a golf outing, and then you have access, access. We'd never see him. So, But it was all signings. And now he's out there, and he's got seven shows in three days. Like, it's a mini golf environment. No. Oh, oh, good one, Lutz. <laughs> you know, if you really want to tickle his feather, call him Andy. Oh, that's your favorite. <laughs> no, don't, don't. I hope he does. <laughs> I hope I should have I prepped him beforehand. <laughs> oh, hi, Andy. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, the first ever time I met Dylan was in my tryout, and I I said his favorite wrestler was Dink the Clown, and he was like, "Wait, is that a short?" Then he came at me up bis. With a fist all balled up, ready to fight. That's that's how I that's how I live. 
So you, as many know, uh, you are a huge Muppets fan. Yep. Um, how did the uh, movie come about for you? Uh, I asked them to be in it, and they said we would love him. That's literally that's literally the extent of it. They, that's uh, all. Did, Just that easy, huh? They did raw. They knew I was a fanatic. They saw the tattoos and knew I was even crazier of a fanatic. And uh, yeah, and then they, I after they after that happened, our PR people said, "Hey, do you have a spot for him?" And they go, "Yeah, we could do like a quick cameo." Quick cameo turned into fifty percent of the movie. So. Awesome. Nice. How many tattoos are you up to now? Twenty-six. I haven't oh, just Muppets. One. Yeah, I haven't got one in like three years. Wow. What, what's the next one in mind? I don't know. Literally, <laughs> hopefully himself. Yeah, just me. <laughs> <laughs> just give yourself some like bunny ears or something. <laughs> but no, like it's going, ah! it was like that was a crazy thing. For, again, this is me being dumb and wanting buzz. I heard they were coming. I was like. I'm not booked on any, anything at the time. I'm not being used. But damn it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some buzz. And so it started a hashtag, uh, Hornswoggle with Muppets. And I said, I'm going to get every day, I'm going to get a Muppet tattoo. And it turned into like some days I would get three of them. And it was crazy. Within a, within a week, within a week, I got something like, I think it was like 17 tattoos. 17 tattoos. It was nuts. It was it was it was crazy, and they they found out about it the the Muppet performers and they they're like you're the you're the tattoo guy. And I go yeah. They go can we see them? And I was like <laughs> <laughs> prove it yeah. And it was the coolest thing ever. Like they were so like I don't know if it was impressed or shocked or mortified, but they reacted, and that's what matters. <laughs> like probably all three. Well, like, well that's cool too. I mean you were. You were in one of these guys are iconic. Everyone knows who the Muppets are, and you got to be a part of a little bit of history for them. So to me, that's just awesome. It's uh, you know what's really cool is randomly um, when someone brings the DVD to like a signing, and I get to do that. I got last week a, a guy brought me like this vintage lunchbox as a gift, and I was like, that's really awesome. Like, yeah. hey, it's an eight by ten that cost me a dollar fifty. Um, but see that that's the good the thing you have to do in the business too is like you said you weren't being used so you you know you took it upon yourself to be able to you know get yourself in that position and look it worked all gangbusters for you the minute you become complacent complacent comfortable and plateau you aren't going to get booked anymore and if you do get booked sweet but you could be getting used in a lot more fun and and you could make your mark mean something in this business whether you're at this level or lower or higher you gotta make a buzz you gotta do all you can to change yeah you've only got so much time like you said with that window you know to make something happen you gotta grab everything you can while you're there whether it's you know movies appearances whatever i mean absolutely you gotta get after it when you you know have the opportunity yeah exactly so a little thing I like to do with everyone that we talk to yep. <laughs> is pet peeves. Everyone's got them. Um, what are some of your guys' pet peeves? It could be in wrestling. It could be – you guys have been on the road. It could be stuff you've seen on the road just in general at home. Like what are a couple of pet peeves for you guys? When 
these locker room marks leave their own wrist tape and bottles of water all over the locker room. So we, <laughs> so we have to go and clean it up. These guys are grown ass men, grown ass men. They don't. I would love to see their houses and just see if there's just shit. There's my ass. <laughs> there's my ass of the day because man, it pisses me off. Grown no. ass just leaving this crap all over the locker rooms and half when we buy a case of water and these guys drink uh, they open it to pour it over their heads use sink water you marks just (laughs) don't use my drinking water that i could drink and rehydrate because i'm blown up and fat after a match (laughs) and they'll take two drinks out of it and then leave it that's the buck man that's man that's just oh Stupid! <laughs> it's stupid because oh, there we go. There's my five-year-old did that with the uh... water bottles and wrist tape. <laughs> Get it out! If I'm gonna start, I'm gonna see how it goes. Otherwise, I'll start just saying, "Hey, aluminum, you want bring your own turvises to shows." Like, <laughs> no more water in the locker room. Nope. Spray bottle. Jeez, Dave, way to piss off our guest. <laughs> oh. Podcast? No, we knew nothing about this question, and he goes <laughs> fists. So angry. <laughs> so pissed. He's still worked There's up. There's right no reason. Hole in his wall. No reason. Again, I would like to go to their houses and just take my recyclables and just throw them all over their house. <laughs> Here, pick it up, Marks. Pop. <laughs> Fucking pop. <laughs> so stupid. It's just childish and wrist tape, especially when I put a garbage can right behind the curtain. And then it's it's two foot from the garbage can because they couldn't they tried to basketball and they ain't LeBron James they're a shitty wrestler and they can't make <laughs> it in the damn garbage can. Don't you love when they try to just shoot their wrist tape too and they overshoot it and they just shrug their shoulders like yeah fuck it. <laughs> yeah, someone else will get it. And it's us. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go to the bar. I want to go to the bar and get hammered. That's just it. Like, I want to go to the bar and get hammered. We have to deal with these marks. With their wrist tape in their bottles. End of the show, we're the last two people in the venue. And most of the time, we're up in the locker room cleaning up after our own guys. I finally... That we're paying to be there. I finally have said, all right, guys, I'm in the locker room with you guys now because I got fired. So now I know where everyone changes. (laughs) And now I know if you left your wrist tape there, probably if it's black or white, I can go down the locker room and think, I know who is black or white. If you left a water bottle, two, oh man, just stupid. <laughs> who has hair and who doesn't? I will say I have a collection of spray bottles because these idiots just leave the spray bottle. Okay, I'll take it. I'll use it. <laughs> if you know his father, <laughs> guy too. Yeah. So he is taking after his father. He's going to take anything for free. That he Hell can. yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. You might see him on uh, eBay or something. Who's to know? <laughs> Some some local scummy indie wrestler water bottle on the eBay. Gently yeah. used. They pay, I would have to pay them to take it. <laughs> just, just put a quick autograph on it and away you go. It ain't, it ain't worth anything these days. <laughs> what, you were going to charge me for one before? Yeah. eBay won't pay it. Come on now. <laughs> What else so, uh, 
I asked Ken this, and I kind of want you're a psychology guy too. And down NXT, <laughs> okay, so maybe you're not. So let me know if I'm off base here. But on NXT, I and some other promotions too, there or just we'll just say the indie wrestlers for gosh sakes. What do you think about seeing 42 super kicks getting no sold, followed by 42 knee strikes getting no sold? What are your thoughts on that? As long as it gets a reaction, who cares? Okay, that's the general theme that I've been getting. As long as I, I don't, I don't care. I hate it. Wrestling is wrestling has evolved so much where you beat a guy with a punch in 1970. I don't care. Hulk Hogan, the biggest name of in wrestling history, used a leg drop, a body slam and a leg drop for finish. Wrestling has to evolve, and there's a guy lets me bite his ass. I can't get too mad when a guy no sells a super kick to the face because it's getting a reaction. I love it. I I love that kind of wrestling. That's literally my favorite kind of wrestling is the up and up and up and up and up constant waterfalls. I can watch it all day. He's very different about it. And but I, I just I love selling. Like I love watching guys sell and how they can make something so small look like it is the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes it believable to me. I'm still a fan. Yeah, I'm part owner of a wrestling company, but I'm still a fan at heart. I, that's how I watch wrestling. I watch footwork and I watch selling. The the thing is, like, there's so much evolution of wrestling and you have to evolve, but yet some guys have to stay this you have to stay the same. You have to know your you have to know what's still good or what's still gonna get a reaction. Our shows, you don't have to do that, but it's getting more and more over with mm-hmm. our shows and our crowds become accustomed to it. And when it happens, it blows the roof off. Um, but yet the next match can do a 1985 wrestling match and it's going to get over. Our crowd is very rest. Like they just love, they love whatever we give them. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. Like again, tooting our horn. Our crowd is so supportive of everything we put out there. It's awesome. No, uh, Gosh, I kind of lost train of my thought there. Um, with – I know. I, well, no, there's no wrong answer to that, by the way. I'm not judging. I just kind of like to see what everyone's opinions are because I'm kind of like Josh. I want to see the selling. And like I said, there's no wrong answer anywhere on that because it's wrestling period. Um, so with, with your last couple years in the WWE to now, what kind of changes have you seen uh, match-wise – have you seen the speed kind of change or, you know, kind of like what you were just saying, you know, the, the constant waterfalls? What have you noticed? Athleticism. It's literally an, a change of athleticism in the last four years where it was basic TV matches everywhere. And now it's bumped up and, you know, you watch Raw and SmackDown. There's these athletic matches happening. Um, Cena did a code red Cena was doing springboards the week before. He would never have thought to do that, but it's evolution. Um, And you have to. You have to know, like, again, it goes back to having having to change yourself and having to evolve. I can't... Kalucci tells me, he yells at me, every show we have, he goes, same comeback? I said, yep. He goes, and he literally will go, he'll go, Nope. 
And I go, why? He goes, because they've seen it now for two years. I have a hard, like my biggest, my biggest battle with myself here is the crazy thing of I'm not a specialty. I'm Dylan in ACW. I'm not Hornswoggle. When I go to random Peoria, Illinois or Arizona, I'm Hornswoggle. Here I'm Dylan from ACW. And that's the thing I forget at times is I can't do my typical song and dance because they saw me last month and the month before that and two months before that. Um, So that's like the good thing with teaming with him has been he's challenged me uh, to to really be be good or be be better than like (laughs) (laughs) well with the. Well, with your comebacks, like if you were doing them the same, did you could you notice if the crowd was like be like taking it in more or less and Andy, less each time? And I'm really over, so <laughs> doing my comebacks, they're gonna be over no matter where they are. But did you hear what he called you? Yeah, I I, I heard him. I I couldn't it's hear him. My my head's way up here. Evolve. It's better to evolve. I mean, I can do an ass bite and a pretty good German and a couple super kicks, and they're gonna be really over. He doesn't but, do the ass bite guy. Humility much. has always been your number one attribute. I really got to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do ass bites anymore. People don't care. So but he I throws an awful lot of Germans at ACW. A lot of Germans. <laughs> a lot of Germans. Make the guy take the bump. I take a little <laughs> shoulder roll. Totally fine. But it's, uh, no, it, it really is. And it's, it's, it's having to know what's going to get is doing that every month for six months going to get the same reaction? No, it's going to lessen and lessen and lessen. So pull something dumb out. Uh, but it's and that's what makes it fun, too. The minute, I, we, again, we tell our students, take a chance. The minute you take a chance, now you're having fun. Otherwise, you, come, you become complacent. You know, when Dylan got fired from ACW or from WWE. Hey! Hey! No! <laughs> I've been fired Spoiler! Something's coming down the coming when, down the pike here. Look, the memo the... hadn't been sent yet. When Dylan got fired from WWE, the idea was that he worked twice a year for ACW. Yeah. Two times a year. Yeah. Somebody. I got really bored. Pointing at Dylan with my finger <laughs> pipe behind my head. I got really, really bored. He gets really bored, and he doesn't like staying in the back. No. So he did his first big comeback promo, first time ever in ACW ring in front of the fans the week after he got fired. It was a big deal. Five, and was, he didn't wrestle for six months for us. Yeah, and that was the hardest thing ever. I had to, I had to manage guys. I was like, no, no, I don't want to do this. But it, it was the best thing to do. Yeah, but the idea was two shows a year. Yeah. That lasted six months. <laughs> Once that first match happened... He hasn't stopped wrestling for our show. Then, they all, then the office put a tag title on themselves, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Booker, man. Yeah, yeah, I learned from the best. One, one actually, certain, <laughs> one certain person in this podcast actually fought against being in the main event that night as well because he didn't want to put himself in the main event because he thought that I was, said, and I the other that wasn't the thing that he wanted to do. That doesn't want to be the ACW thing. I don't want to be in the main event. You're in a four-way ladder match. Yeah. It's an eight-man ladder match. That's the main event. I always said, I said, I'm not, this company started without me. You know, without me as a, as a talent, I don't want it to be about me at all. I don't ever want to be that centerpiece. Uh, I want to be a pawn, you know, or a really cool, like, bishop or something. 
something he'll, that can move a little. He'll make jokes about putting titles on himself. He he's the last person that fights for that. It's usually me. They so it's kind of like Tommy Dreamer in ECW, where he didn't ever want to put the title on himself when he was booking. That's exactly, That's exactly it. Yeah. And he he'll make jokes about it, but he's the last person that wants a title in this company because of that exact reason. It's it's the owner of the company the, that the wants, fu- that's the champion. Like, come on. The funny thing is, is I. Gust, when he makes the posters, will never use a WWE photo of me. And I like that. It makes... And I've, like, asked him, like, twice, and he goes, no, you're not... You've told me not to in the beginning. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did. But it's like... <laughs> because I don't want to be that. I want to be Dylan from Oshkosh. So. Cool. Oh, makes sense, man. So I'm going to take another little swerve here. Is there any good rib stories that you've done or been a part of that you can share? Because rib stories are always great to hear. Over the action figure ones. Oh. I brought a girl back here. Oh, your son's right behind you. Keep that mic. <laughs> go downstairs. Go downstairs. Cast the whole rib? <laughs> Is that the rap from Sheboygan that Steiner had? No, nope, this was, uh. <laughs> yeah. After our second year anniversary, Hawkins was here. We, went, we took him out that night before the show. He flew in the night before for us. Literally just awesome. to hang out. And uh, I, 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 met a, I met a friend. And we came back. And as we were hugging. After bar party at Dylan's house. It turned into an after It was like here. 15 people here. And it, as we were hugging, Hawkins proceeds to dump my whole crate of action figures on us. <laughs> and just yelled, yelled action figures. <laughs> While we're yeah, and that's it's, it's that's probably the best one I got so far since I've been fired. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is that's amazing. I thought I heard on the dirt sheets he was trying to use that for the finish at Mania, but they they eighty six that. Yeah, 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 completely. <laughs> well, as our go home here, yeah, Andrew, I know you, I know you kind of like to tell it. Uh, so. so. So I was able, when I just got in the business, got free tickets from you to the, the Raw, where uh, Donald Trump owned Monday Night Raw. Yep. And the gentleman to my left, Mason Quinn, this <laughs> got a, a, a ladder shot from, was it Triple H? Yes. And it proceeded to bust him open. Now, later on at the after show party, uh, we asked you about how it all went down in the back, and you said, yeah, Mason Quinn was back there getting all stitched up and crying and i was like <laughs> welcome to the big leagues as he's crying he's like yeah so uh i've been telling quinn this story for years and hey, no, 10 years i've had to listen to this fucking asshole <laughs> tell this shit so what this could have been a rip what, we wanted. What, time night, what time of night did you ask me this about this <laughs> it was after no- it was after eleven thirty. It was right as we're uh, right as we you let us upstairs at uh, the bar on Holmgren Way. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so there it's, I was. I was a couple sheets. <laughs> I, I was probably already overserved. <laughs> That'd be my guess. Uh, I remember that. I remember general, that. You did I seem to have genuine concern. Oh shit! I'm sorry. We were talking over you. Fine. I do remember him. You getting busted open real bad. I remember that. I don't remember. But, I I remember yeah, I got I was, 
just I popped. Got a with Trump. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Now the now the dude's president. That's yeah, because he was walking around. But did you see him with all his uh, security when he was walking around? Because I, I tell these guys this, and nobody can believe it. But when I saw him, I think he had like five like straight up Hasidic Jews from New York with him. And I don't know if that was his security or what. I don't know. I don't remember yeah, them. I remember seeing our security with him quite a bit. Okay. But I mean, when I worked in New York for Vince Jr. for 10 years. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of relationship you have, right? Yeah. 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 What, what do you got him in your, in your phone as? I don't have him in my phone. Oh. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't he got calls you. me. Oh. I don't call him. Yeah, exactly. When I, again, when I, need a, when I need to sell at a stadium, they call me. You just text them back and say, new phone, who dis? That <laughs> <laughs> might be my response next time the office texts me. I don't recognize the Connecticut area code. Uh, <laughs> that 203 pops up. I don't care what the number is. I'm answering the minute it rings. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's uh, – I don't remember that. Fantastic. I don't have to hear it anymore. Uh, I'm going to keep telling it. It was just great. It's either I'm either hearing about that or about his fantastic six matches that he's had. (laughs) Which one was fantastic? Uh, Good call. That's that's tough. Which one of your six is your favorite? (laughs) (laughs) That the first battle royal. Speaking about, it's speaking it's battle, or or it's probably the three against me, one of the two. Speaking of battle royals, on April twenty seventh, we have a Sla- Evil Roy Slade's five thousand dollar battle royal. Ooh. Andrew, if you'd like to make match total number seven. Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy. We could make it work, brother. <laughs> it's a handshake. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. A handshake. A handshake and a commemorative cup. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Got to get him there early, though. Otherwise, he'll get too drunk and not be able to make the show. <laughs> it's the second match will be the all right. The second match is fine. He'll be uh, he'll be oh, on. are off. He'll be on. Uh, he's screwed. Then he starts drinking at noon. And he's out. Yeah. We'll go up for a nice lunch and a beer or a ten. <laughs> awesome. So. All right, well, we're going home here, so I know you got a big show. Can you tell us where we can go, date, time, all that fun stuff? Um, April 27th, the doors open at 4.30 for the convention part. Um, well, the doors open at 4 o'clock, don't they? Doors open at 4. Doors open at 4. Autograph session starts at 4.30. Mick Foley, Mark Henry, Big Cass, um, Gangrel, Shane. Shane Douglas, Francine, Hornswoggle, yeah, tag champ. Um, tag champ. Uh, <laughs> all available for John, uh, Johnny Impact. Oh, yeah, John Morrison, Johnny Impact, Johnny Survivor, Johnny Mundo. Mundo. That Whatever night. his last name will be. Yeah, Johnny Oshkosh. Johnny Oshkosh, Oshkosh that night. Um, nice. <laughs> there we go. All available for meet and greets starting at 430. Um, ACWWisconsin.com is the best place to go to get tickets. Uh, or at the door. We will have them at the door. Only in, oh, sorry. I'm just saying. I think it's important to say that you know to to all of our listeners here in the in the state listening. 
I mean, have you guys heard this lineup? This is a hell of a friggin' show. I mean, you guys, you know, obviously have had to promote it a couple of times, but just the number of names you put up, I mean, you're talking ex-WWE champions, ex-WWE tag team champions. I mean, Hall of Famers, all these guys. This is a hell of a show. I mean, if if you're a fan of wrestling and you want to see, you know, some bona fide stars and not some kids playing dress-up, this is the place to go. And Quinn's favorite wrestler, Mark Henry. It's the crazy thing is uh, Colucci said, like, as we, as we talked about this one this year, he goes, all right, we did last year and we did it like we did really big last year. Like we, our names, he goes, we got to go bigger. And I go, no, I said, we're good. We can just stay that level. He goes, nope, got to go bigger. And so we went bigger and now next year we have to go bigger. And it's just, we're screwing ourselves in the end, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, uh, it's going to be awesome. Um, we sold out front row sold out 16 in, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. pretty crazy. Second, awesome work. Second row sold out in less than 24 hours. Third row in less than uh, three days. We literally have just general admission, but it's uh there's no bad, there's no bad arena teams. because it's a, it's a smaller basketball arena. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. No matter where you see, you've got a great view. Yeah, those, you know, those smaller arenas, you know, a lot of times they are a lot better because, you know, they're more intimate. I mean, you're actually up there with the wrestlers in their face and it's almost kind of, you almost get that big indie show vibe in that they'll actually interact with you a little bit more. Whereas you go to Raw and you go to SmackDown, you're kind of set back. You're part of the noise. You don't get that interaction like you do here. That's, yeah. and that, that's why we do that convention too. It makes it's the fan interaction. There's, there's vendors and all that having fun with it too. Yeah, we actually have a vendor there this year that's they have all the graphics so they can they're gonna put you in front of a green screen. They'll take your picture, get your email address, and they'll put you with whatever wrestler you want. Like a like wrestling a, poster. Yeah, like a wrestling poster. It's gonna be so cool for the people to be able to get their themselves on a wrestling poster with you know, Sadist or with Swaggle or with Gust or Colin Brooks, like all these guys, they can put themselves with whoever they want. It's gonna be so cool. Yeah, definitely taking things to the next level for sure. You know, that hasn't been seen on the independent level in, I mean, I'll dare say, you know, the Midwest for, if not a long time ever. We are the first, we're the first uh, that I know of, the first Wisconsin independent indie to run an arena. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, hey, did you want to plug your book now too? Sure. Uh, it's late August, early September. Uh, life's short, and so am I. The the uh, memoir. Short story. I see what yeah. you did there. But it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, our August show is actually gonna be the the quiet release date for it. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm I'm really interested in seeing how it turns out. There's two forwards. The two forwards are written by Kofi uh, Kingston and Kurt Hawkins, and I ha- will not see them until the book releases and the publishing company and the writer have both said, are you sure you don't want to see these? I said, uh, how bad is it? He goes, they go, <laughs> they go, you're going to enjoy it. So that's, that's what matters. And it's, it's just, I want, I want to do something different. And that, that, that would be the ultimate rib was a hell of a forward. <laughs> if they just they read, read you, read mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Day. yeah. It'll be interesting. And it's already, there's thousands of books printed. So. <laughs> well, guys, Are thanks you going to be doing the book on tape? Uh, I have to. I have to. The, I'm, oh. I'm 
in the deal to do a audiobook. That's awesome. That's actually no, pretty God, cool. That'd be even more work for this damn thing. <laughs> well, how how long is it going to be? Like, how do you have any set number of pages that it's going to be, or it's uh it's going to the final edit as we speak, and it goes out to like the media public, the media people uh, in two weeks. So uh-huh. I don't. I don't know. So you you don't know? Okay. So best of luck to you on that. That's for sure. Thank you. Take us home. Take us home, Andrew. Well, that ends another great podcast by the Bad Medicine Podcast. Diamond Dave, Mason Quinn, the answer, Andrew. We want to thank our great guests, Swaggle, Dylan, and Josh. Thanks for being on our podcast. We appreciate it. Check out their show April 27th. All right, and we'll see you on the flip side. Once again, the Bad Medicine Podcast should really, really, really be brought to you by Jim Beam Smooth Drinking Kentucky Bourbon. I don't even drink beer anymore. I just drink whiskey. And I got to tell you, since I started taking off work Mondays, life's just been fantastic. The Bad Medicine Podcast should also be brought to you by Aviation American Gin Batch Distilled from an adventurous blend of spices from around the world. Apparently, it's 42% alcohol by volume, and it comes in a 750 milliliter 84 proof glass bottle. Right here it says, Aviation Gin is the best gin on the planet, says Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, owner and planetary expert. Now, personally, I think gin is the drizzling shits, but these two guys like it, so I'm going to go ahead and put it over. But you should really drink whatever Hugh Jackman tells you to drink. The Bad Medicine Podcast should, and quite possibly very soon, should be brought to you by the Dollar Tree. Are you sitting there in your little cubicle thinking, boy, I'm a real cheap son of a bitch, and I got to go to a party, and I don't want to spend any money? Well, you sound just like Diamond Dave Damone. So go to Dollar Tree and get yourself some cheap-ass steaks, maybe some balloons, a couple of plates. Ah, they might even have some of that shitty aviation gin there. Dollar Tree, where values are found. Oh, I almost forgot. Thanks, Andy. The Bad Medicine Podcast should also be brought to you by... By the Beer City Bruisers... Martinez Cigars because if you're ever going to have yourself a lead pipe lock of the week like I do almost every week then by God you need the best smoking cigar there is Martinez Cigars you have one of them babies a little bit of Jim Beam you're ready to throw an aviation bottle of gin at somebody and start a fight that's all we got today for the reads on the Bad Medicine Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making this shit up. So have a great week, and we'll see you next time.